Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to episode 287 of See You Next Wednesday, a weekly pop culture and film podcast where a single die roll decides what movies we have to see. This episode drops on Wednesday, September 27th, 2017, and my name is Dan Gorman. How was jerk practice, boy? Did they teach you how to sing to trees and build crappy furniture out of useless wooden logs? <laughs> my name is Casey Lyons, and oh no, did Chris Catan drop out? Right before his big comeback? Right when the world was finally ready to settle for Catan? <laughs> and Greg, unfortunately, is not here. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave it at that. And, and Greg. Greg. Scene. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at info at modernsuperior.com. Tell us what you think of the show. Give us some feedback. Uh, go to iTunes and rate and review us there if you wish. Um, and you can find us on Facebook at SYNWPC, as well as on Twitter at SYNWPC. PC. So Greg's not here. No. No. Greg's not here, man. Greg's not here, man. <laughs> he really isn't, though. No. We're not just we're not stoners. Just a, a fun stoner bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so scheduling conflicts arose in the ninth hour. And let's, let's just call it what it is. Greg doesn't care about us or the <laughs> audience. Uh, yeah, he said, I'm not coming tonight, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Tell everyone I say, suck my butt. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was he pretty said, weird. Make sure they all know I desire them to suck on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> but he was saying that because he got bit by a snake earlier, so. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of poison in his butt right now. Please suck on my butt. <laughs> God, somebody suck my butt. I'm asking you. Nicely. I don't, I don't have much time left. So um, this week's episode will be a little interesting. As you may notice, I haven't jumped into the spiel about what movies we will be talking about in Film Roulette because we thought it was maybe something that we should wait for. I know that um, Greg saw the Kingsman film, The Golden Circle, and I did as well. And I, did, I didn't want to jump into it and only present the one side of the conversation and uh i just yeah it's just usually when we have when we do when you do film roulette with just two of the hosts it never feels right and we've yeah, done it before it and it's fine stupid. but stupid yeah so we'll wait and we'll cover all that stuff yeah. next week yep yeah. and you're Unless just going to wanna... wait for my uh 
critique of the film Voodoo. Voodoo. And everyone had now you have all have a, an extra week to go find Voodoo and watch it if you'd like the Corey Feldman film or you go can, watch Kingsman. You can find it. Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh, we'll also talk about the Vanilla Ice album. Though it will not be a surprise to our listeners that that album sucks <laughs> uh, in a very special way. Don't tell me how to feel. Yeah. So uh, this week, Casey and I will get into some new news and movies we've been watching and more in the itty bitty tidbit committee. Uh, and we'll talk about, yeah, movies that we've been watching, what's been going on this week in our worlds. We're going to do all that. Yeah. Media consumption. So... Was there anything you wanted to jump straight to outside of the stuff that we discussed just before recording? In terms of new news? Yeah. There was an exciting one that I saw that I hope turns out to be good. I just started to scat and yeah. you were like, anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my <laughs> time to say something. You were right, it was. Yeah. So... John Cena and Kumail Nanjiani are going to star in a buddy cop comedy uh, from Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland. Uh, this will be a Universal Pictures joint. And this is one of those pieces of news where you're like, please don't end up being shitty because this could be really fun. And I like those two. I like the idea of them being together in a buddy cop movie. And most specifically, oh Nanjiani being I, in a buddy cop movie. I, like, I, I, I genuinely like John Cena. Uh, look, I'm not a wrestling guy. I don't yeah. know him from anything other than, uh, you know, Amy Schumer movies. Yeah. But, uh, but what I've seen of him, I'm like, this guy can do it. Like, this guy uh, has something. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm like... I, I think what he has might be a little bit limited. I don't know. I'm speaking out of school here, but uh, <laughs> but putting him with Kumail is a good idea. So perfect. Yeah. Like because Kumail, I feel like Kumail is one of those people who can just do anything. Yeah. Like like comedically, he's not a guy who needs specific people around. Yeah. You know, like he can just totally play to anybody's strengths. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a very very fucking great pair. Yeah. And I think he it's it's after the big sick it's like the perfect time for him to be in like a a really high profile thing as like yeah. a buddy comedy. Like well, a, this this just absolutely fucking warmed my heart, but weirded me out a little bit too because Kumail for for years has been on my radar because oh, I'm yeah. a big podcast guy. I think everybody who's a big podcast uh, yeah. uh listener knows Kumail from that primarily mm-hmm. or like you know stand up and stuff like that um or or like s- sort of smaller budget yeah. uh, uh comedies um and he's had those like side character bits uh in a few movies that were you know so start like you saw him start to like crop up in hollywood stuff like mm-hmm. in in the little like comedic side roles or whatever yeah one of which i'll be talking about momentarily but okay uh, but yeah, then uh, having seen the first three uh, postings of who's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live, yes, and he's uh, he's one of them. He's hosting, I think, the third week or something. I I cannot believe how excited I am to totally. see that because it feels like a, a victory for us, you know, little yeah. comedy nerds. Like it feels like uh, <laughs> he, he's our guy. Yeah, our our guy. guy's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and that uh, that fucking rules. Yeah, definitely, I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Zombieland's great. So we'll see. Ruben Fleischer probably could get a good handle on this. Yeah. So I'm interested. 
further I'm listening. Uh-huh. Further news. Uh, I feel like let's get this one out of the way early because it's related to our previous episode. You and I saw Mother. Yes. The very divisive film. The brilliant. The, <laughs> the, in air quotes. <laughs> it's as brilliant as it is subtle. Yeah. Uh, so Darren Aronofsky, the director of Mother, is considering making a mother opera. <laughs> I I uh which is I just, so funny. <laughs> I just don't know why. Yeah, I'm trying to he so, would do that. Yeah. Apparently this came in a Reddit AMA uh where he was defending the film and he said it was my idea and I was really proud of the team that executed it. Um and then he said uh, he's been thinking about adapting Mother for a different medium, and Aronofsky replied that uh, the composer, Johan Johansson, and I are thinking about turning it into an opera, um, which is... <sighs> the only thing that's interesting about that to me is Johan Johansson, because yeah. he does really cool uh, stuff sonically, I don't, and I'd like to see how that carries over into an opera. I don't know if he's created an opera yeah. before. All I know is his film score stuff. But uh, but I would be interested in hearing that. It's just a shame that it is uh, uh, going to be based on such a worthless property. I know, and I can't. I cannot understand how that would be adapted for. Like, obviously, it's a sit like like uh, the location. I can understand. Like, you're going to do some very interesting sure. visual things, maybe with a with a stage about where you are in the house, and it's yeah. a, it's a one location thing and that lends itself but to take the blunt sledgehammer to your head obviousness of that and then try and do that in dialogue only i just and written by him after seeing the this movie and how it was written i'm just like well, there's being, no way <laughs> it, it being an opera like it would all be sung wouldn't that's it? true yeah i mean so uh, i would be really interested to see how it uh and maybe that would add a certain maybe, layer maybe that would add a layer yeah, maybe of subtlety or a layer of uh of uh, like j- just it would remove you a little bit from the yeah. kick in the teeth maybe the maybe i'm underselling the opera element of it maybe that will be the thing that this story yeah well, story sorry uh <laughs> that this, this collection of other things that he turned yeah. into his story <laughs> yeah uh but uh, who knows yeah who knows uh one thing i will i will uh, uh guarantee you is that i'll never see it yes yeah <laughs> um so. so mother coming to a stage near you maybe Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Yeah. I sang it like Quint for some reason. I don't know why. Um, And then I think tangentially related, Aronofsky is a divisive filmmaker, much like Nicholas Winding Refn, who um, was slated to be looking to help create a Maniac Cop remake with the director, John Hyams. Uh, I believe Nicholas Winding Refn was going to produce it or help somehow in the process mm-hmm. per, yeah executive producer whatever and hyams was going to direct it and they had a script by ed brubaker who did uh winter soldier captain america yeah. and now the writer of the original film larry cohen uh, has slammed the project and said that uh, as, i dare say visionary larry cohen yeah yeah um uh, who who right now has a documentary coming out about him oh seriously yeah called king cohen i'll watch the hell out of that totally so he 
he wrote about the i think somebody basically asked him like what's going on with that remake and he said quote as far as i know that's not happening anymore and if it is they might be trying to keep it a secret as they owe me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> um so part of my like part of me loves this because i love larry cohen and and I, I do feel like if it was someone else, I might be like, oh, you're just being like a catty, like Hollywood person. But another part of me is like, no, fucking go for it, Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anybody's going to make another Maniac Cop movie, let it be him. Yeah. But even that, don't do that because Robert Zadar's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he also slammed the script and said that he like had to write some extra scenes for it or something along those lines. And I don't know about that. He said that he he basically said Ed Brubaker hasn't written a good script, but I liked uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. It was fine. So I don't it's know. It's a collection of action. I just that happened. I, I do want this to happen because Hyams is a great director, and I, I want, still haven't seen. Oh. I embarrassingly still haven't seen that amazing Universal Soldier. It's so movie. good. It's crazy. Um, Day of Reckoning. It's great, mm-hmm. and and I want him to make something like this because I feel like it plays to his strengths, but. Yeah, I don't know. And I've actually been thinking a lot about the Maniac Cop series. I, I'm going to revisit it because it's interesting to think in the light of current times that in the 80s it was like a really like, what if the cops that you called weren't going to help you and instead <laughs> were going to do something bad? Yeah. And it's like that was this like, this is going to be like, like it's a it great was... movie and it's a great like social, like it's, it has that awesome thing where it's a horror movie but then there's another thing going on but just in the light of today it's just like yeah fucking cops what oh if my there god was a movie about what the cops do yeah <laughs> i'm not talking about canadian cops yeah um yeah I, look i'm i'm hella interested i love i think it's a great character it'd be a fun character to resurrect i don't know if it would be a character that much like Freddy Krueger, you can't have anybody. No, yeah, uh, you can't have anybody but Robert Robert Zadar. Yeah, yeah. I always get him confused with uh, Richard Keel. Okay, uh, Robert Zadar. Anyway, I, I don't know if you can have anyone else but him play <laughs> it, but it's such a dark figure that I feel like yeah. you could sort of get away with. I think he else could getting a take on it. I, I think they should do it and not try and do the chin. Like, don't have... Because that's such a signature him thing. Yeah. That that's, to, to like, that's his face, for yeah, Christ's sake. To, like, try and do a new Maniac Cop, but try and build his, like, jawline like that would probably be like, eh, just make him a big cop. It would be... Yeah, I think it would be kind of offensive. <laughs> so hopefully they don't do that. But at the that. same time, it's, a, it's such an iconic look. Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully they make the movie, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maniac Cop remake. Potentially no. Hopefully it is exactly as good as Nicholas Winding Revan's last movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in other sequel remake news, Terminator 6, uh, they're not gonna even think about what happened in Terminator Genisys. Yeah, they're just skipping right over Genisys. Yeah. Which I saw a lot of people be like, but, um... But Cameron told us on record that Genesis was going to be great because they released that video of him being like, I saw what was happening unfold and it was beautiful. And it's like, fucking (laughs) okay. (laughs) Everybody settle down. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I'm probably one of a a vast minority um, that uh, didn't mind Terminator Genesis. What it is is fine. It's so dumb, yeah. but it's fun enough. It, it that rem- guy's no fun. No, but the rest of the movie's fun enough. It reminds me of like the the shitty B movies, 
that like the action B movies I grew up with that it's like dumb as a bag of rocks. Yeah. Like most of it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. But like I came for the explosions and it was fine. And <laughs> it's charming because it doesn't make any yeah. sense. It's like <laughs> stupid people made yeah. this. And part of me is like this franchise so far gone logically. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've taken logic through the ringer. It's like and the, doubled back on their own shit a multiple a times. times. The fact that they're coming out and saying like, "Listen, we're not gonna, we won't cover that last weird one that no one liked," and it's it's kind of it kind of has me thinking along the lines of, "That's not gonna make it good. That's like that isn't enough for me to be like." Franchise backs on track, okay? Not at all. <laughs> like honestly, because they are so far down the rabbit yeah. hole of stupidity, like, I'm like, just be just stupid. Go further, yeah. Or like just, you're already here, or just cut it out. Yeah, don't make anymore. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's one of those things. Like honestly, I find all of the Terminator sequels after two are just like. If you take them for what they are outside of the Terminator world, they're all mostly they're fine. fine. Like, the third one has good action. Um, oh, I never saw Terminator Salvation still. Uh, Terminator Salvation is like, if you watch it and, again, pretend it's just some weird sci-fi movie, you're like, this is a fine... It's fine. And McG yeah. did it. It's silly. Whatever. It's fine. Does, <laughs> is Arnold in that one? He's not in that, is he? I don't think so. Yeah, I think maybe I think- he makes some kind of a... Cameo, I think that's I why remember. I didn't watch it because I was like, if I'm watching a term, if I'm watching a bad Terminator movie, I at least, least want to see Arnold. Want him to be there? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like there, this is being covered as like, look, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger understands he's going to write the ship, and it's like, you could say we are going to, you know, use Genesis as a jumping off point or not. None of neither of those is going to like make me more excited. It's yeah. just gonna. I'm just. Hooking. Yeah, it's all six of one half dozen. Yeah, the other. exactly. Probably, if Arnold's in it, I'll watch it. Yeah, Fine. <laughs> that's all I've got for this. Totally. Yeah. Um, that I think that was. Oh, I did want to say. Um, but there's been a lot of shitty news lately, uh, in the world of film and film Are communities. You talking about shitty people specifically. Shitty people specifically. Um, I, I would like to uh, now go on record as saying I am not surprised that Harry Knowles is a piece of shit. Yeah, and that's not maybe that's not fair. I don't know, but he's always just seemed like such a creep and done real creep things. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like in hindsight, it, a lo- I, a lot of the community, I feel like there, there's there's got to be like a long line of people who have been complicit because like. You know, and and I even think like myself when I think back to the Harry Knowles like Blade Two review, you know, have you re- like where he's like, Gilmero del Toro like is working the audience like a pussy and like oh, he's licking yeah, them you've, and it and you've it, uh, you've uh, explained that to me before it's, and uh, it's so disgusting and yeah. in the past it was like disgusting and a what if oh this is the the worst review anyway moving on and it's like maybe instead of anyway moving oning we should have been yeah, like we all just go hey oh, goodbye forever maybe let's not read this i feel like his like the whole ain't it cool thing grew up the way it did or became what it did by virtue of the fact that it was one of the very first yeah uh and it was like oh here's a a little corner of the internet where we can talk about movies and nerd out about movies so quality was not really of the essence yeah. at that point and now there's such an influx of well of course quality is dipping now because all anybody posts is fucking he's the top 10 nip slips <laughs> that yeah. fucking one weird trick yeah <laughs> Ugh, jesus balls but uh uh, but yeah, so I don't know, man. 
Anyway, it's gross. We're, we're being super inside baseball. If you don't know who Harry Knowles is, he's the creator of Ain't It Cool News, which is like one of the preeminent. Uh, yeah. Um, well, one of the most popular movie blogs of all time. Yeah. Again, one of the first. He he came to be known because he he was so big on the internet. He was allowed onto the sets and then would give all these gushing reviews to all the terrible movies he visited the set for. Yeah, and yeah. then and he then, was uh, he was like uh, Blogdom's first uh, sycophant. Yeah, and and very quickly I feel like came uh, became irrelevant once everybody else started blogging and all these other sites started becoming big news juggernauts and people who could actually write yeah uh, uh were were putting we're in writing. thoughtful reviews and yeah. were actually writing where seriously yeah he he's uh uh an awful writer yeah um and anyway it's just come out that he was uh a, a woman i'm not even sure what her name is um has come forth uh accusing him of yeah. sexually harassing uh and basically sexually assaulting yeah him. And and then uh, of course like as, as happens when somebody has been serially serially doing this, uh, there's a lot of other people who um, speak up as well as like be- because this has been kept hush hush because it's one of those things like people I don't know like yeah it's just one of those things like people fucking we should have turned our backs on this guy so long ago he got so many chances like it's so upsetting um, and. It all it came it came around with a lot of other stuff that was coming out of Fantastic Fest, the movie festival, where they screened an Ed Wood film, um, w- which was previously thought to be long lost, um, but it was one of his later career pictures, which are like kind of like nudie movies, right? Um, and there's been a lot of discussion he about a real that. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of discussion about that and like what is this kind of movie appropriate in the climate that we have been dealing with with everything going on with multiple people, you know, coming out as awful awful human beings. Yeah. Um and it's really like I've been thinking about that in particular a lot. Um but it's really complicated. Uh so like cuz I'm I want to be like well like we should take this movie for what it is and then you know like there there was this there was a lot of talk on the internet like they screened a violent porno film and it's like the lot of people that were there are basically I, saying that's not what it is it's it's a very i mean there's a lot of nudity in it and it's it's a softcore edwood joint but it's not like you know assaults and and awful awful yeah. like horrors it's like a, See, a goofy like people, weird thing people are are tend to blur the lines you know I, i'm not gonna fucking you know mel brooks it up here but yeah. i think people tend to blur the lines um in favor of airing on the side of caution mm-hmm. so they go oh i saw a bunch of boobs and stuff like that and i think i'm supposed to to you know uh, find this objectionable in some way but you know boobs are great like nudity <laughs> is super great if somebody's <laughs> like i want to be nude in a movie or something or like you know if they're like super cool with it then it's like okay that's fucking <laughs> awesome like do what you got to do or do you, what you want to do um so i mean but i think the the lines get blurred a little bit as to what is and what isn't offensive yeah but i feel like that's one of the things that can kind of fall like nudity in movies that can fall by the wayside yeah it's fine in favor of a new yeah uh, uh you know a new society where people are cool yeah and i think i think the part, part of the uh controversy was the fact that it was a secret screening and they announced the movie like as they were 
introducing it and, and contextualizing it so it was kind of like i i mean contextualizing it how in the sense of like his career what kind of movie it is like the reason one of the reasons why it's like a notable film is that it um portrays um lgbt uh relationships as like kind of no big deal in the movie and and it's like from like 69 or 70 right. so it's kind of like there's there's a an element to it that is worthy of analysis and looking at right and but i think there were some people that maybe didn't know what they were signing up for when they when they sat down in the seat even though if you read the description of it there they did have like a content warning like this is going to be a lot of nudity in this movie like yeah. check it out um but i think the takeaway for me is like i've been trying to think about it a lot it's just like you know we need to be like listening to and learning from the women in our lives. And I saw a lot of women posting about this screening, the Ed Wood thing and saying it was really uncomfortable for me. And then I also saw a lot of women saying, you know, there's a lot of people getting upset about this and I feel like they're telling me what I should be offended or not offended by. So there's like these like two that. sides of it, right? Like, so there are people who are generally like, I don't like the people who go, no, you can't. Technically, you can't be offended by this yeah. because blah blah blah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's like you know, there's not an answer to it, and I think that's like why it's so important to like listen. Don't dominate the conversation, like. Like I was just trying nope. to read as many like as like uh, women and and what they were writing about it that I could could and get all these different angles because like it was. I think you're absolutely right. Don't dominate the conversation, but I think it needs to be a conversation. Absolutely. I think I think that nobody learns, man or woman, male or female, whatever. Nobody learns by sitting and listening. Like people have to engage. Just fucking be cool. Yeah. Just fucking be cool about it. If you have a question, ask that question. If you think your question is offensive, yeah. Um, you know, ask it like a person would like I don't know, that's a fucking dumb thing to say. But No, like, but I, I but know like, what you there's, mean. There's like if you're if you're reacting to something in the spirit of ge- genuinely wanting to make yeah. a better like to, to make yourself better or to make yourself yeah. understand, then no question is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like ask whatever question you want. Yeah. Just understand that uh, yeah, uh, you, you know that you, you need to come to a, a place yeah. of openness. Or when when you're being presented with like people responding to something you've said that you didn't know was wrong or that you didn't realize yeah. could be taken the wrong way. It's not like like I've dealt with that as well, and it can be really frustrating. Where like, but I didn't mean it, or I didn't yeah. know it, or and and it can be frustrating but like it's where you go from the there is, that's really important the problem is it can become embarrassing yeah if if you say something stupid and somebody gets offended by it your immediate reaction is to become embarrassed so i, so I think that people and, and when you're embarrassed your immediate thing is defensiveness yeah like your defensive or up. anger or... yeah exactly so uh, i think that you know i think that it's kind of cool to kind of go uh, oh shit! I, I guess I said something shitty. I didn't mean to say something shitty. I thought I was being yeah. funny. I guess it's not funny. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know. I think we just all have to be a lot more forgiving of each other. Um, not necessarily people who are you know running no. around assaulting each other. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff earlier yeah. in the conversation. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> but I think that we all have to be a lot more open with each other. Totally. With what we're you know like because yeah. the only way. That we're going to make a better society is communication. Yeah, and Jesus, so when when did this get so? Heavy? I know. So if you'd like to read about the Ed Wood uh, screening, 
that happened, I, I would say check out uh, Katie Rife wrote an article for the AV Club, and I felt like it 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 treated both sides of that coin fairly in that like let's talk about whether or not this was appropriate to play. What else are they screening that is maybe appropriate or not appropriate? Right. What was the context, and then also like not but but not. In that conversation of, like, let's talk about what's going on in the movie and stuff, didn't devalue, like, like the end point of the article wasn't, anyway, so you're not allowed to be offended. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it was a, I thought it was good. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, like, this whole thing with um, Mel Brooks, I brought him up before. Yeah. So he was like, hey, comedy. About, well, you know, and, and Jerry Seinfeld, too. Like, they've all, like, all of these sort of older guard guys. Yeah. Saying, like, oh, you know, PC culture's killing comedy. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to say anything. Yeah. But, um, and then Paul F. Tompkins, fucking the hero that is Was Paul it a F. tweet Tompkins. or something? Yeah, he oh, tweeted I saw that. just saying that, no, there's still, there's more comedy now than ever. Yeah. And, and people being cool, like, funny things will always be funny and styles will always change yeah. in comedy. That's why Mel Brooks, maybe Mel Brooks was funny at some point. <laughs> I can't imagine. You don't think so? No. <laughs> And he has he he was even saying like his whole point was blazing saddles could never be made today and I'm like good yeah yeah seriously it's fine that movie sucks <laughs> but anyway um, but uh, and I you know what though I love blazing saddles but yeah. I also agree like good that that movie can't be made because yeah because it's mean spirited yeah. because what you're saying about race in a lot of in a lot of ways is really dumb and and ignorant and and, and mean spirited. Um, and does not reflect equality. Uh, so, and, and that's the thing. Like, the bottom line is when you say PC culture is killing comedy, um, what you're saying is I can't Be objectify people yeah. uh, uh, based on my own, yeah. you know, the prism of whiteness anymore. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, it's crazy. Fucking awesome. I would rather there be no comedy in the world yeah. uh, than, than, well, we're going to, we have to keep comedy, so we have to keep making fun of black people yeah, seriously. and women and, and, yeah, Asian so we're, we should be allowed to be offensive, you know, in, in no, for no end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's allowed the, to say offensive things. in the things. name of the art that yeah. is comedy. <laughs> but I think we should be fucking thankful that we can all be cool with each other yeah. and comedy is still great. Yeah. Because Paula totally. Tompkins is one of the funniest human beings exactly. who's ever lived. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I Nailed it. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have to keep getting fucking heavy about this shit, but I haven't been able to talk uh, to anyone about yeah. this for a while. So. No, totally. I I agree. And, yeah. and I agree. And, and I, I was a little, like, not disheartened because I really, you know, I, I grew up on Mel, Gro Mel Brooks films mm -hmm. and I, and I wasn't like, it was a little expected like, Oh, this guy is a million years old. Yeah. He probably has this <laughs> like, absolutely. And honestly, uh, Mel Brooks has done a lot of great stuff for yeah. comedy. Yeah. Like so, I, I don't, I don't hate him as an individual. I don't hate anybody. Yeah. I don't know but he's as not, an individual, yeah. but he's not a, sh he's not shitty like Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis was shitty. <laughs> uh, but Mel Brooks just is a little misguided. Yeah. Um, you know as we try to forge a better world yeah but that's gonna happen the best thing that you know old dinosaurs can do is ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi. Yeah. Uh, in favor of a better society. Agreed. Nice. 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 This has been Heavy Corner. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, on our nice light comedy. No, I thought uh, it was a good conversation, though. Yeah, it That's, really yeah, was. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, have you been watching movies this week? Boy, have I. Yeah, Boy, movies or television? I? Um, yes, I've been watching both of those things, Daniel. Do you want to talk about some television? I'm wondering if you've seen maybe something that I saw this week. I did. I did see uh, episode one, season two of The Good Place. Nice. I saw that as well. Yes. So The Good Place ended season one last year on a very high note, I felt like, which is that um, without any spoilers, um, it, it, The Good Place is a sitcom about like the afterlife and it being this good place where only good things happen but um but then uh suddenly things go awry and yeah uh some people get in that shouldn't have they were supposed to go to the bad place and it's all about them trying to fit in in heaven when they're supposed to be in hell yeah because they're shitty people so that in and of itself that there there's so much to do with that and i i just felt like the end of the first season again i'll try not to spoil it i just felt like it kind of like reset the stakes, so to speak, in a really great way. Yeah, it totally did. And uh, I-, I was really excited for this first episode. Me too. What did you think of the first episode? Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I I thought they've done something structurally with this first episode that I thought like. This is making it not as good as it could have been. Yes, I definitely could have because we're so deep with with what like because it's a sitcom, but it's also a serialized thing. Yeah. Um. So I felt like um we're so deep in the story now. Yeah. There could be a lot more elements to the story now, but it feels like we're just resetting and going again. Uh, my yeah, and my I think things are a little bit different. Yeah. But... My problem with it was almost strictly structurally that yes it's a, I, it's a, a it's like a, a double episode and the the whole thing is like you know we're seeing each character's perspective and it so that ends up doing a lot of doubling back so then i'm like why is this double length you're just showing me double the same stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 i didn't I, I didn't feel like we needed to do that no. i didn't feel like we needed to reintroduce every character none of the overlapping stuff where you're like i saw that conversation from this angle now yeah none of the actual like reasoning to overlap it or like reveal what just happened before was of any con- uh, consequence none of it yeah exactly none of it was uh like was like oh 
oh, that's oh, why that, that happened. Yeah, not really. There were little things that were like, oh, okay, I see that's why yeah. that happened, but it wasn't integral to but it was any like, sort of a plot or anything. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's cute that you showed me the aftermath of something and then revealed like the, the setup of it. But it that's wasn't, not a new joke. No, it wasn't like... Oh, now I get what that character means. Like there was no anything deeper to it. Yeah. But I thought it was it was funny throughout, and I'm excited to like see where they go from here. But yeah, I was definitely a little let down. Yeah, I, I was kind of like I would have liked to have I, honestly. I would like to see the story get a little more complicated now, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to see because we know these characters now. So I would yeah. like to see the story unfold a lot more as opposed to just one big. Uh, episode that was like uh, here's some sitcom jokes for yeah you. yeah but that said the goodwill of like Kristen bell is yeah phenomenal on the show yeah. and you know it doesn't get better than ted dancing no I, everyone uh, in it is so good yeah like everyone in it even is those so side good. people that you've never seen before or are very like lesser known like there was that guy who they kept having the joke of him being like we can bite them yeah like I, well, I love that guy on uh, Drunk History. He's yeah, on Drunk like History he's been in time. some stuff, but yeah. like that was just such a funny joke, and it was. And every time they called back to it, it was still funny. <laughs> and him going, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's still got its great sense of humor. Yeah. It's still a show that I'm going to watch weekly. But yeah, I was just kind of like. All right. Well, maybe we just wanted to. Maybe because we're trying to widen the audience for this. Yeah. Uh, maybe we needed to reintroduce everybody. Like maybe it was like a a, yeah. writing, a, a ploy of the writers to that could uh, be, yeah to, to right. try to open this to a, a bigger uh, audience. I didn't even and, think of it that way. Honestly, if that's what it is, I'm on board. I got time. Yeah. Let's yeah. do whatever we can to keep the show on. I'm still excited for the season. Me too. Nice. The good place. Let us know if you're watching it and what you think of it. Yeah. Um. Episode yeah. two will be out soon. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of another television show that okay. I don't have a ton to say about, but I'll bring it up quickly. Ghosted. I I tried my hardest to watch it, but I just did not find the time. Uh, I I would be hard pressed to find two comedic actors I love more than Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Yes, and Ghosted is uh, basically a. 30 uh, a half hour comedy on fox about two guys two normal guys who get pulled into a kind of paranormal investigative uh shenanigan um and it has that kind of it's one single it's one shenanigan, shenanigan. <laughs> <laughs> shenanigan it's what they There's call no an multiples. extended shenanigan yeah um and, and it has that it does kind of have that that men in black kind of feel like there's an organization that we yeah. didn't know about, and these people have been pulled into it, kind of thing, uh, like a, a group of of an organization. And what I liked about Ghosted Episode One is it gets a lot of that like plot stuff, you know, really quickly out of the way. Like mm-hmm. by like three or four minutes into the episode, like they're both on board, and they're yeah. both like it's just like I like that, yeah. And 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 it was amusing throughout. And there is a lot of potential for where they're going to go here, and mm-hmm. they have great chemistry, and there's good supporting uh, cast. But yeah, it had that kind of like feather featherweight sort of. Oh, I was hoping it would be funnier feeling to Ghosted, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel like this is going to be interesting to watch, and and hopefully it gets better and better. It was like a solid entry to a show that I hope gets better than what it, the plot. Right. Yeah, like worth watching just for them yeah yeah i feel like uh uh for for my money 
Do you ever do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Uh, I haven't watched it like season to season, but when when I have seen episodes of it, I love it. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Craig Robinson on Brooklyn Nine Nine as uh, Doug Judy? I don't think so. It's just this character. His I could watch a whole sitcom of his relationship <laughs> with uh, Andy Samberg's character. Oh my god! Because they're they're the dynamic of their relationship is so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping that he was going to bring a little bit of that Doug Judy magic over. Maybe I don't know. I I'll, can't. Uh, I'll you, definitely. You, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch. Check it out Ghosted. I yeah, I think there's a lot of potential, and it, it's a fine start to hopefully a great show. It's we'll see. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, did you watch any movies or is there more TV that you had? Um, I think TV wise, I did watch, uh, uh, the pilot episode of something, but I think Greg did as well. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait, wait until he's wait here for, for that. Um, watch any movies? Yeah. Um, I did watch one, uh, uh, oh, oh, oh okay. One that I want to talk very quickly about, yeah. one that I'd like to talk a little bit about, and then one that you guys both saw that I just okay. caught up on. Um, I watched... Do you know what Killing Gunther is? Yes. Did you watch it? No, and you know what? I didn't watch it because I heard some things from somebody, and I was like, well, maybe I don't need to watch it. But I know that it's it, it was advertised as you know this movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be a big part of <laughs> and it's a Tyrion Tyrion Killam yeah he written did he direct it maybe not directed maybe just written but yeah. uh, and starring Tyrion Killam it's a mockumentary about a group of um of hitmen who gather to take out uh sort of the alpha uh, alpha dog hitman yeah um uh played by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and uh just to tip my hand a little bit, I didn't actually see Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie because I turned it off after 20 minutes because it's the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, a friend of the show, Taylor, was wa- he, he like messaged me as he was watching and he was like, oh, this might be amusing. Maybe you guys should talk about it on the show. And then I read an article that, that had said, like, why does Arnold Schwarzenegger... Like, it's weird that he doesn't show up until after an hour of the movie. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that sounds weird. And then Taylor followed back with me after the film and edited, and he was like, yeah, you probably don't need to watch this. the worst movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It misses on every level, and it feels like... It it feels like it was uh, made by film students. Yeah. Um... To the point where, like, there's special effects, you know, when you see CGI blood kind of thing. Um, And it doesn't match with where the people are. That's weird. Like, it feels so slapped together and so so violently unfunny. (laughs) Um, It feels like nobody's trying to be funny. Bobby Moynihan is always a little bit funny. Yeah. Um, So he's... And God love him. I feel like his friend Taryn was like, "Please be in my movie," and he was like, "I got you, buddy." Yeah. And he was he was doing his best, but holy Christ, this is the least funny thing I've ever seen. That's brutal. It's amazing. I'd like <laughs> you to watch it just to witness how inept this is. Yeah. And how humorless, and how much it feels like 
like film students or call or like high school students yeah. who had an idea for a movie and just decided to and wing we're it. just like let's like uh, you know Jimmy just started <laughs> it, you know doing uh, film effects I bet we could do some stuff it is so so violently subpar oh god I'm um, glad I didn't see it yeah well i'd like you to watch it just just so you, <laughs> you bear witness to what a mess it is yeah well killing gunther no thank you nope no 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 no, no. uh real quick mm-hmm. i i watched something that kind of came up briefly on the show as i mentioned in the wake of going to florida and going to disney i've definitely been on a disney kick yes continuing with the disney films uh, we had a discussion about a Disney film an episode or two ago, and 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 Greg, I believe, had said kind of like, and I think you chimed in as well a bit about sort of the the renaissance in the '90s and the late '80s, like '89 to, to the '90s, of when the animated films started to come back were a little bit young, skewed younger than you, you guys, and you were less into them than I think in general people are. Like the your your Lion yeah. Kings and your yeah. Aladdins and stuff like that. Yeah, like I just wasn't in that place. Little Mermaids. Yeah, it just it feels like uh, those movies were for uh, stupid little babies. <laughs> so. Well, I watched uh, I, I watched a Disney film I had not seen since I was very young, uh, Beauty and the Beast, yep. which is from 1990 or 91. Right. Um. And that is such a great movie. On is it on even just standard movie and slash musical levels like that movie is so good, and the animation is brilliant, and the effects are so good, and the songs are great. It's great. It's so good. It's like it's probably one of the best You're movies of that year. You're talking about the cartoon, right? Yes. Not the uh, not the, the live action. No. Did you see any of the live action? I did not. I, don't I want saw. To. I saw about uh, half an hour of it. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. God awful. Yeah. No. The the animated film's great, and I stand with a lot of critics at the time that had it on like the end of the year list. I think that movie is 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 wonderful. I think it's just delightful, and yeah. I do think it stands on its own as as something outside of like a Disney film for children. Right. Yeah. But I, I really is had it a good the time uh, is it the dancing teacups? Yeah, <laughs> that you feel uh, <laughs> elevated beyond yeah. childish fare. Yeah, I think it's great. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. I mean, it's it, it does have its like this is fucked up, you know, Disney princess shit to it. Yeah, but so do most Disney movies, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, what else from you? For me, yeah. Um, what else from old me? Uh, well, I watched a movie that you didn't watch because you okay. told me you didn't watch it. I watched a movie called A Ghost Story. A Ghost Story. A, a ghost story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, against my better judgment, I was kind of like doing a. Uh, you know, uh, I, the reason I skipped Manchester by the Sea was because yeah. uh, you know Casey Affleck is a fuckface. Um, but this movie starring Casey Affleck, a ghost story, is another, you know, got crazy good reviews. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it did. Uh, it is about a man and his wife who live um, in a house. Yeah. And then he dies and he is forced to just watch life go by passively while he is a ghost, like a white sheeted ghost. Yeah Classic ghost. I think that's one of the sort of like sell, sell, like they've been selling the movie on on the posters and stuff that that's a very specific choice that has been made in this movie is that he's he's under a blanket for a good portion of it 
Yep, I as mean, that goes. I mean, the 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 it wears its uh, uh, it it wears its intent on its sleeve. Um, it, listen, this movie is great. Yeah, it's oh. it's uh, it does a thing in the middle where a guy explains everything. Oh, and <laughs> I was kind of like. I didn't need that. But then at the same time, it's not necessarily that that's what's happening. It's just it 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 takes it from the movie that I wanted it to be. Without that little part in the movie, it would still be the movie. It would very much be the movie I wanted to see. Um, And it doesn't necessarily it's not that it explains everything. It just puts into words. Yeah. um, Kind of what you might be already thinking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it sort of sums up. This is this is what's going on, and this is where it could be going. Yeah, um, and it does help that that uh, that the person doing the explaining is Will Oldham, oh. which is a lot of fun because he's great. Nice, um, uh, but, but he really does come off as a, a musician uh, acting. Like, yeah, you know how there's that thing where you're like, listen, you're a very dynamic person and a very interesting person, but you are a musician actor. Yeah, um, but. Uh, but then from there, the movie kind of goes to a different place and kind of goes, well, but maybe this. Yeah. And is is wonderful. Nice. It's really wonderful. I and it's got a, it. a really cute ending. Um, is this thing like really like what's the tone of this? Is it bleak? Is it am I going to have to like sit with it or is it going to be because I don't know from when the trailers. When it first started, I was like, why hate this? <laughs> um, but uh but as it went, I was uh, I was kind of like, okay, okay, oh, yeah, okay, yay, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. Okay, uh, and um, if you don't like Casey Affleck as a person, he is underneath the sheet for the whole time. So mm-hmm. there you go. There at you least. go. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really wonderful. It's really sweet, and I really dug it. I'll check. I think I'm and gonna check it. Out. It says a lot. Like where mother you know, tries desperately to say a lot and kicks you in the face with it. This movie says a lot, um, but just kind of goes, you know, here's some stuff. Yeah. Here's some stuff to think about. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. A ghost story. A ghost story. I got one more pick. And speaking of what's the tone of a film like, and I mentioned, is it going to be bleak or sit with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a film from 1979 directed by Alan Clark called Scum. Yes. This stars Ray Winstone. Oh. Um, amongst others. He's very young here. Um, yeah, I would think he would be. Yeah. And it's about a... Uh, it's kind of like a slice of life of a British borstal for young offenders, which is like a... Uh, it's like a jail slash like young offenders sort of like juvie, de- juvie detention yeah. kind of thing. And for a good portion of the running time, it's basically just about him, uh, Winstone, arriving at this place. And there's like a top dog there already who's you know running the joint from the inside uh, and giving everybody shit. And there's a lot of racial things going on in there. And then there's these um, people in charge who don't give a fuck about the kids. They're all just a number to them. You know, they're very much disconnected and don't care. Um, And it's about Winstone kind of like coming in and there's maybe going to be some, oh, I'll be the top dog now moving up of of things. Um, And for a while, it's like a really great drama. And 
you think while you're watching it because it's been very uh, controversial as a film over the years, and and you're watching, you're like, this is a rough drama, but like, it hasn't reached that point where it's it it has really like fucking got to you, and then it does, um, and the stuff that happens in the final act of this movie is really really disturbing and really fucked up, um, and really in the in the ending ending affected me to the point where i was almost crying wow but not like a crying of like this emotional thing you know like when you cry at like a rom-com or something you're like it was crying at like i don't want to say like the injustice or whatever but you're you're it was like i was very very upset at what happened at the end of this movie and the kind of callousness of the people in charge and the sort of way that that infects the entire atmosphere and you see how like the racism and stuff that's being presented by the higher ups is kind of like working its way through everything and there's a lot of in this movie about like you know the masculinity of the people who are really puffing their chests out and and it gets into some really really hard to watch places by the end of it um but it it has sat with me like a stone um, so I have to say that this is like a, a an amazing movie. It's just in, incredibly raw. I'm uh, uh, I am somebody who uh, since I've had uh, kids, I am uh, emotional at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I'm a fucking basket case. Yeah. So I wonder, is this movie going to just totally crush me? Or <sighs> I think you know it might because uh, these are like teenagers, um, and there's some things that happen in the movie that are that are that are so avoidable um and so obviously fucked up that people just willfully ignore or even take pleasure in the fact they're happening mm. that really is hard to take by the end of it right um but it is uh, it is unbelievable it is an unbelievable piece of work from the director and and I can understand why it was like banned by the BBC and you can kind of understand why but it is one of those movies where it's like this is what these places were like and it's fucked up that like they were allowing this kind of stuff to happen and even you know taking this kind of like perverse like you know i don't know like like honor in in this kind of like setup of a way that these jails were set up or these borstals were set up yeah it's really it's really intense and i do think that it's kind of something that still maintains today it's not the kind of movie that's dated where you're like you know you could look at this movie and then also look at a regular jail and be like isn't it really fucked up that all this kind of stuff happens and like how do you rehabilitate somebody and like the the world that happens inside these walls like of these places it's yeah it's an it's an amazing movie it's just really rough Right. Yeah. So if you can't, yeah, you might not want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But Scum, right. 1979. Although, I am uh, a little intrigued. Now, yeah. I gotta say. It was originally a BBC play, but yeah, they, they turned it into a movie and it was, the movie was banned because they took it as far as they could. Yeah. It's pretty right. intense. But it's a, but Ray Winstone's amazing. It's right. so good in it. Yeah. So there's that. Scum. Scum. Anything else from it. you? Uh, I think so. I mean, it sounds like there might be. Um, oh yeah, one thing that I just uh, I'll talk about really quick because again, you guys talked about it already. Yeah, uh, I saw I finally saw Central Intelligence. Okay, uh, and it's great. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It is. It's not the best movie in the whole no. wide world, but it doesn't even want to be. It just kind of goes. Hey, guess what? This is a fun movie. Guess who's 
fucking great to watch. Kevin Hart and The Rock. They yeah. are fucking great. Yeah. And Kevin Hart is hilarious yeah. in this movie. And he's you just see why he's on top. Yeah, and and again, I think I said it the last time we talked about it. One of those movies that is so good with those characters that you're like i really hope they make a sequel because that'll be the movie yeah the sequel will be the one that they nail hopefully yeah because <laughs> it'll be like okay well we've established their relationship yeah. we've established who they are which is now the best get part them of the on movie some crazy adventures and stuff like that uh and and evolve their characters a little bit yeah. you know uh this is an ike Barinholtz movie yeah written by uh, ike Barinholtz, and that's mm-hmm. just fucking great because he i mean his his balance of tone in terms yeah. of comedy is is so fucking great and it's funny you know when we were talking about non camille nanjiani and i was saying like he's been in some things that was this is what i was thinking of because uh, he uh, has yeah, that kind of that's, that's yeah w- what i was saying yeah he has like a little part where he's so funny <laughs> uh where he, yeah. when he opens the thing anyway i don't want to yeah. spoil it but the, it just kumail has this reaction that is so fucking yeah. perfect and just indicative of why he is one yeah. of the funniest people going. And and again, I remember the trailers for this thing I we were I was really unsure about like what's this what's the tone of this thing gonna be? Like, oh, isn't it funny? We'll cut to him singing when he used to be a fat guy or whatever. Like they made the trailer seem like maybe that was gonna be handled a little poorly. But I remember from when I saw this, like really feeling the like the relationship between those two guys and feeling like that there was at least some kind of attempt to ground it in some emotion and for a I, movie for a movie that is what it is it's it's an extremely human movie yeah like i like that kevin hart's character really loves his wife yeah but can't really find a way to connect with her because he's got his own shit going on yeah um and you know the the these two guys you know forge this relationship that's not like a well i'm this type yeah. of guy and i'm this type of guy we Whoa. don't match yeah burp, burp. it's just like <laughs> hey this is a really fucked up situation and why did you bring me this fucked up situation yeah but like it, it's it seems like human beings handling something yeah in a, in silly funny ways yeah but still feels like human beings like and that really... gets it through like not being the best movie like, exactly like it's it's a pretty second rate movie when it comes to yeah like all of the setups and and deliveries and stuff like that but it's a lot of fun to watch yeah. i think that cir- that for me that kind of circles back to our discussion on snatched which is like hey these two movies aren't the best comedies in the world yeah the plots that they follow are fine it just it gets you there yeah. but the relationships inside felt r- right enough yeah. and human enough that like I was willing to go along with it and and have fun. And the people the people in it were charismatic yeah. enough that that's all you really needed. And really that's all movies were. Yeah. The movies we loved from the 80s, that's yeah. really all the movies were back then as well. <laughs> yeah, and to be A honest, fast plot with uh, with uh, fun to watch people. Totally. And to be honest, that's better than we usually get. It's <laughs> Head and shoulders above. Like, the idea that that both Snatched and Central Intelligence got, like, not good reviews, and a lot of people were like, these aren't very good. It just... I mean, everything is subjective. I totally understand that. But it's just interesting that, like, I... I don't know. The the three of us found in both of those... All three of us liked both those movies. Yeah. We found, like, that element, and it just seems so weird that, like, nobody else... You know? Like, not nobody, but a lot of people were totally blind to the 
elements of these movies but that again, we I felt were a little have, bit better than usual. People have preconceived notions about what comedy's supposed to be, and neither of these movies kicked anybody in the nuts. Yeah. Like Central <laughs> Intelligence threw a fat naked guy into a gym, but treated it with yeah uh, uh, with humanity and oh, respect. Yeah. I was like really sad and upset at that opening. Like I and you were supposed to yeah. be, and that's the fucking great thing. And you know what I also really liked about it. This might be the tiniest bit spoilery yeah. so if you haven't seen it go see it but um there's bad guys in it and everything but there's also a bully and the bully never really gets his comeuppance or yeah. anything um because you know what in the world there's people who are bullies and they're always going to be bullies because that's just who they are and that's how yeah. they were raised and that's their defense mechanism and they're sad enough on their own yeah. and that's and and they have to live with themselves being shitty people and if you're a shitty person you know you're a shitty person i don't remember how that resolves but in my mind i'm thinking like w- w- did the movie kind of like treat the bullies come up in more uh, on this on the sense of like well it would be cheap to give him his come up and so we'll give the person who's being bullied like they see the way through the situation is to believe yeah. in themselves or whatever yeah. so it's, it's just it doesn't like need that, that person that person can just fade away yeah and and weirdly or or like something that i thought was kind of like uh uh cool was that that person helps yeah like that person genuinely helps the plot or whatever it, yeah well no then is it like yeah like uh, like actually uh um provides them with oh, something okay. um and 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 it's like um that's another great thing to say about life is that mm-hmm. you know sometimes the shittiest people can help us in some way uh, mm-hmm. uh or aren't a hundred percent bad people because yeah. they're not it's a messy movie but in some of the messiness was like what ended up working about it yeah some simple <laughs> nice messages yeah. and, and a really human movie so yeah i had yeah. a lot of fun with that yeah definitely i really hope that they do a sequel and i really hope that they they get it right because i do again i think following those two characters where they are at the end of the movie is very funny but again you you enjoy them earning where their relationship ends up absolutely yeah 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 oh we're getting deep here yeah we really are <laughs> uh all right well that's uh, that's, that's about it good. right i think that's really all i got yeah me too um yeah. this has been the episode for the week uh yeah. sorry about no film roulette but uh we'll get to it next week we wanted greg to be here for our discussion about kingsman and voodoo and vanilla ice so uh yeah it's been great it's been good yeah that's it for this week please remember to go to modernsuperior.com uh please remember to rate and review us on itunes uh check us out on facebook you can go to facebook.com slash synwpc or just type it into the search you'll find us yeah um and yeah synwpc on twitter as well yeah and otherwise we will see you next wednesday there's Goodbye. a ghost all the way through a ghost story. Yeah. There's a g-g-g-ghost. <laughs> There's bubba bubba baloney and my scissors leaves. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. Imagine. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.